Hi, hello, ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between. I am your host, Jessica Lemon, and you are listening to Sour, Sweet, and Spooky. I want to start off today with like a huge apology to M. Schultz from the And That's Why We Drink podcast. I was talking about them last episode and how awesome they are about their recent ADHD diagnosis and coming out with that and talking about it. And I'm just garbage and accidentally misgendered them. And I feel so awful and I didn't realize it until later. And honestly, probably nobody else realized it, but I did. And it's been bugging me for literally a week. But yeah, I didn't I didn't realize it until later because I hadn't re-listened to my show after I edited it. And that was like after it had already been posted and I was on my way home from work and in the first like three minutes, I misgendered them and I literally screamed in my car. Like I was literally like, no, no, how could I do this? And I'm like always so careful. I try to make sure I know people's preferred pronouns and names. And like I've been listening to And That's Why We Drink for over a year now. And I saw them live in San Francisco back in February. I just, I'm mortified and it just slipped. So M, even though you'll like never listen to my show, I'm so sorry. I definitely did not mean to misgender you. And if you do listen, I love you and you're amazing. And just keep being a great person for like all of us. You're literally amazing. But God, I wish I like, knew how to podcast better so I could go in and like re-upload or something. I don't know. But yeah, I'm owning up to that. So major apologies, M. And like for anyone else, um, let's just keep normalizing pronouns. Yeah. And apologizing when we screw up. Okay, cool. Moving on from my embarrassment, I also wanted to shout out my friends over at Broadcast from the Belfry because I'm finally caught up on their show and they're like 50th episode, they gave me another quick shout out and I was like grocery shopping the other day and had my AirPods in and I was just like listening, vibing to the podcast and then I like squealed when they mentioned my name. I was like, ah, that's me. I was so excited and I'm really, really excited to partner up with them on an episode in the future. So if you're into weird, creepy, odd stuff, like added history and some great commentary from Georgia and Sanjay, please check them out. I always get their like little references to movies or shows and songs too. And like, they think nobody will get it, but I do. Okay. I do. One more thing, then I promise I will get to the story, but I also wanted to thank you all so much for tuning in each week. Like there's hundreds of you and it just makes my heart explode and I want to do something for you guys. So I was thinking of sending out some free stickers to you guys. I have a few left before I have to order more, so I thought I'd give them away for the holiday. So if you want one, pretty please just write a review for the show and DM me on Facebook or Instagram with a review so I can get your info and send you your sticker. I know it's like a little work, but the more reviews I get, the more people can join in and all the fun here. And I really want to create a community and you guys are the ones that can help me do that. Okay, now with all that said, I know last week I was feeling kind of down. And like, I still am, if I'm being honest, like I'm still not in a good place, but getting messages from you guys is so amazing. And I'm finally taking steps to do more for myself and work on myself because like, I kind of really lost myself in who I am this past year and it's been rough, but I'm working on some more fun things for myself and also for the show. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, I really hope you're all ready for a spooky story that I know you've heard about. Okay. If you haven't, I don't know where you've been, but today... I'm going to be telling you all about Annabelle.
1970, a 28-year-old nursing student named Donna got a gift from her mother for her birthday, a classic Raggedy Ann doll. And like you're probably thinking, 28, getting a doll, isn't that a little weird? But also, I'm 27 and sometimes I see like a cute stuffed animal and I'm just like, yes, I need this fluffy sloth in my life. So I don't find it super weird, but a doll is also not a stuffed animal and honestly, dolls are kind of creepy. Also, I have photos I'm going to post on the website and on social media and stuff when I was like two or three years old when my mother dressed me up as a Raggedy Ann doll for Halloween next to my sister who's dressed up as a creepy clown just for your entertainment. So enjoy that. Also, one of my mom's friends has a ton of dolls in her house. And as a kid, we would go visit and we would stay there in the guest room, which was like the doll room. And I, I'm going to be honest, I could like literally never sleep in that room. And I swear like some of them would move. It was awful. But my mom's friend's name is also Dolly. So it fits. And she's like the sweetest person ever. So it balanced out. But none of her dolls were like the one that Donna got. See, this doll was given to her as more of a nostalgic thing since she loved them as a child and her mom thought she would like it and she did. She loved it. She'd set it up on her couch, sitting all pretty, but her and her roommate Angie started to notice some weird things going on. The doll would change positions from time to time. They would see it with its arms crossed or legs crossed and then they wouldn't be crossed the next time they looked at it. It would move from one side of the couch to the other and even from room to room. One day in particular, Donna remembers sitting her up on the couch before leaving. But when she returned, the doll was gone. She found it sitting up on her bed behind the closed bedroom door. I was watching the BuzzFeed Unsolved episode where they covered this and Shane makes a good point and says that his theory is that the roommate, Angie, was the one moving the doll around. And that like is a valid theory, but it just it just gets a lot worse and kind of throws that out of the way. Even their friend Lou had a bad feeling about the doll and kept telling Donna to get rid of it, but she just couldn't part with it. So time went on and the instances with the doll escalated. The girls would see the doll crouch down as if it was like going to pick something up from the floor or that it was standing straight up. And I don't know if you've seen a Raggedy Ann doll, but those have literally no structural integrity to stand up like that at all. There's nothing inside of them to hold them up. That's why they're called a Raggedy Ann doll because they're just these raggedy little dolls that kind of just flop around. So seeing it like standing there on its own now started to freak them out. Then little pieces of parchment paper started showing up around the apartment with the words like help us and help Lou written in child's handwriting, which like I used to work at a daycare and I don't know why, but little kids handwriting is just kind of inherently creepy. It's, it's like, it's cause they're not clean lines. They're all like squiggly and it makes them like eerie. And it was freaking the girls out, especially since they had never purchased that paper. Like the paper that they found they wasn't they didn't own it it's not something either of them had ever purchased it was just something else that materialized in their apartment what finally sent things over the edge was when one day donna got home from work and saw that the doll wasn't where she left it so she went to pick up the doll and noticed that there was what seemed like blood on its hands and arms and on its chest and it's like almost as if you would like squeeze it more blood would come out like it was seeping out of it so when this happened she was like mm, nope mm -mm, don't think so i think we should get someone in here to see what the hell's going on so they called a medium to come in and try to contact whatever may be moving this doll around because this has gone too far and like honestly she let it get that far if it was me i would have been like nah, bye and like looked up how to dispose of an entity a long time ago but i mean also i guess it's, it's, this did happen in the 70s so you didn't have like 
Google or like search engines or whatever to just look up things in a second on how to do something like that on your own. So they did what they could at the time and they called a medium who came in and conducted a seance and told the girls that there was a little seven-year-old girl that had died on the property and her body was found on the land that Donna and Andrew's apartment had been built on and that this little girl's name was Annabelle Higgins. Annabelle went on to say that she likes the girls and felt safe with them and wanted to stay with them and to not throw her away, which is something that had been talked about. So I guess they did think of just getting rid of it, but Donna was like, no, let's do this the right way and get a medium and like kind of contact it or whatever. But anyway, Annabelle said that she didn't mean to scare the girls and that when she would use the doll to show her presence, it was just like to say hi and she was interacting with them so much because she had never really felt safe until they moved in. And when the doll showed up, she felt like that was the best way to get their attention and that she just wanted to be loved. And like these girls are nurses, like they are all for helping people and being there and like they're hearing that this little girl who has quite literally lost everything just wants to be loved and to feel safe. So when Annabelle asks if she can stay, Donna is like, yes, absolutely. Stupid, yeah. To me, that's stupid. Um, like, don't invite spirits in. Like, no, this thing was leaking blood. That can't be a good sign. But Donna didn't care. She just brought her back home. And like, a poor Lou, he's just trying to be a good friend. And he is honestly the most like rational one because he just does not like the idea of this doll staying with the girls. And whenever he's there, he asks them to put Annabelle in another room because he's just so creeped out by her. But the girls treat her like a little friend. And Donna even made her a friendship bracelet, which she's still wearing, by the way. But I'll get to that and where she is soon. But now back to Lou. He ended up staying at Donna and Angie's place one night and he was just crashing on the couch and he wakes up in the middle of the night and can't move. Like, he's completely paralyzed. His eyes can open, but he can't move anything else. And I don't know if you've ever experienced sleep paralysis, but I have a few times, and it is actually terrifying. And when you see something moving that shouldn't move, you feel like, this is it. You know, this is, this is how I go. And that's, like, exactly what happened to Lou. So he wakes up, can't move, and looks down at his feet to try to move them when he sees Annabelle sitting there just chilling at his feet and she starts to slowly climb up his body and he can't move. He can't talk. He can't scream. All he can do is see Annabelle crawling up his body. She gets up to his chest and puts her hands around his neck and starts to strangle him to the point where he passes out. When he did wake up, he like jolted awake and though it could have been a dream, it felt so real to him that he swears that it could not have just been in his head. And when he went to get up, he felt like his legs hadn't moved in a really long time. Like he had a super hard time bending them to even get up from the couch. And this is all just the beginning. So not long after this incident, they were all getting ready to go on a road trip. So Lou was there and the girls were getting their last things together before leaving when they all heard in the other room what sounded like a large man walking around like the heavy footsteps when no one else was in the apartment. So Lou went over and peeked into the other room and the only thing in the room was the doll sitting in the corner. And the doll wasn't in that room the last time he had been in there. So he walked in and right away just felt like something was bad, like just something staring at him, like something evil just glaring right into him and he got that awful feeling you get on the back of your neck where like the hair stands up and suddenly he felt like he got slapped in the back and he doubled over and then clutched his chest and felt like it was burning. His shirt was now soaked in blood and when he opened it up there were seven claw marks scratched across his chest. The marks almost immediately healed and that after a couple of days they had completely disappeared. So now, finally, after Lou getting literally attacked by this thing, and I hope they realize that, like, this isn't some cute little innocent girl anymore. 
But Donna was like, okay, yeah, this this has gone too far. And she calls a priest and the guy was like, "Mm -mm, nope, nah, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to send somebody else to you and contacts Ed and Lorraine Warren. And I am 100% going to do a show on them in the future. But these two are such badasses, man. They are so cool. Ed is a self-taught demonologist and his wife, Lorraine, is a medium that can see and feel and speak to spirits and entities. And they did a lot of crazy work in and around the 70s. So the priest realized that what was happening was more more than he could handle and called for these awesome people to come and investigate since I guess the Amityville case had just happened and that became like worldwide news. So the Warren's name was being talked about a lot in relation to weird spiritual energies. So they make their way to Donna's place and Lorraine was able to contact the entity that was in the home and told them that this was not a little girl that was possessing the doll. This was a demon. And just a little fun fact, uh, demons often disguise themselves as children so that they seem innocent and use that innocence to manipulate the people around them until they can like come out in full demon mode, which is what had started to happen with Donna, Angie, and Lou. So if you meet a spirit that claims to be a cute little kid that just wants to be with you, say no and just yeet it back into the underworld, please and thank you for all of us. So yeah, this thing wasn't a cute little spirit, but a really strong, scary demon. And when Donna was like, yeah, you can stay here, it it invited it to stay. And that was like permission for it to start to fuck shit up, essentially. And it was never actually in their doll. It just used the doll to like have something for them to all acknowledge that something was there. And so Lorraine goes on to say that this demon was only a few weeks weeks away from finishing its infestation, which would have led to the possession and or deaths of all of the friends. Like you see it in movies where they just get manipulated and possessed and either kill each other or kill themselves. And that's probably what this thing was aiming for. Like it fully wanted to kill these people. And though they had now established that the demon isn't a little girl named Annabelle, they still call it that. And since they don't know the real demon's name and another fun fact, if you know the name of a demon, you can control it or something like that. Like if you get its real name, you can send it back to where it came from or something. So they often will go by something else. And in this case, this one's going by Annabelle. And so it just gets worse because Ed and Lorraine asked a priest to perform an exorcism on Donna and Angie's apartment. And Donna asked the Warrens to take Annabelle away and to just take her from the apartment. And they did, but they decided to take back roads because they just knew that the entity would try something. And they claimed that while driving back to their home, their car kept swerving on its own and the brakes would fail. And after a few times of this happening, Ed drew a cross with holy water across the doll. And that was enough to allow them to get home. Ed then left the doll by his desk and had come in on several occasions to see the doll levitating on the desk. Like, no, mm mm-mm. But these guys were so used to having creepy and haunted stuff since they, like, have an actual museum of all sorts in their home. Like, if you've seen a movie, there's a room where everything they've collected is stored and kept safe and away from people that they could harm. And it's really cool. I'd love to go someday. It's so neat. But yeah, it just keeps getting weirder because like at Donna's place, the doll started to move from room to room. And when they had a Catholic priest named Father Jason Bradford, an exorcist, come in, he tried to throw holy water on it and the water, like, burned away. Like, it was turned to steam. And this guy was like, what the hell? I, what? And he could tell the demon was starting to get stronger. And he basically started talking shit to this doll, saying things like, you're just a rag doll, Annabelle. You can't hurt anyone. And basically challenging it. And well, Lorraine was like, dude, you shouldn't have done that. And basically told him that he needs to be extra careful on his way home and to have him call them when he got home safely. But when they finally got a call from him about three hours later, Father Jason told him that his brakes went out at an intersection and his car was totaled and he was pretty beat up. 
And this isn't even the only instance of an accident happening in relation to the doll. Eventually, the Warrens built a case to hold Annabelle, and it's like a wooden case with glass panels where the wood was apparently soaked in holy water with a sign that says, warning, positively do not open in like old timey script. It's kind of cute, but like also really creepy. And there's a tarot card of the devil stapled to the outside that Ed placed there one day. And so this young couple had come to see the collection and the guy was banging on the glass case that was holding Annabelle and was telling it to prove to him that it was real and to scratch him. And Ed quickly told them to leave. So they left and hopped on his motorcycle. And the girlfriend had come back at a later time and said that on their way home, they had been joking about the doll and like laughing about it when the guy lost control of his motorcycle and crashed into a tree, killing him instantly. To this day... Annabelle remains at the Warren Occult Museum in Monroe, Connecticut. Though not currently in operation, they closed in 2018, and Ed and Lorraine now have passed. Their son-in-law, Tony Spera, takes care of the museum. In August of this year, 2020, there were rumors that Annabelle had escaped her case at the museum, and it was trending online for a while before Tony made a video of himself at the museum next to Annabelle's case, and he says, I'm here to tell you something. I don't know if you want to hear this or not, but Annabelle did not escape. Annabelle's alive. Well, I shouldn't say alive. Annabelle's here in all her infamous glory. She never left the museum. Hope you all enjoyed that deep dive into the history of Annabelle the doll. The movies creep me out, but they've been said to be pretty accurate to how things happen, so if you want a spooky experience, check those out. And as always, I want to thank you all so much for listening to today's show. I love seeing all of you guys listening in, and like I said earlier, it would be incredible if you could write a review for the show and send me a screenshot of your review so I can get your info and send you a free sticker. Who doesn't love free stuff? And also, if you want to find out more information about me or the show, just check out the website, Sourseed spooky.com or any of my socials they're all sour sweet spooky i have a link tree now so i'll have that in the show notes for you guys so everything is all in one place for you also you can reach out to me on the socials and also at sour sweet spooky at gmail.com I also wanted to shout out Nopeville Podcast. I just started to actually sit down and listen to them since I'm caught up on Broadcast from the Belfry and I'm enjoying it so far. But yeah, I listened to both their show and the And That's Why We Drinks episode of Annabelle. So thank you guys for telling the tale too. But yeah, man, I love you guys. I'm so thankful to have you coming back week after week. And I can't wait to get to next week's story. It's one I've been wanting to do for a while and it's the last one of 2020. Can you believe that 2020 is almost over? It's wild. Like, what a year. I hope you all have a great week, and I will be back on Christmas Eve with a brand new story. Oh, and remember, stay sour, stay sweet, stay spooky.